Welcome to the Give This Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is JJ Rugmick. He's a financial education advocate and author of Teaching Kids to Buy Stocks, Stories and Lessons for Grownups. JJ, welcome to our show. Thanks so much for having me, Christopher. So let me read this again. Teaching kids to buy stocks, stories and lessons for grownups. So is it for grownups or for kids? <laughs> it's a, that's a good question. It has, it's for grownups to be able to teach their kids. Ah, okay. Uh, that, yeah, so the, the fine print is the stories and lessons for grownups. Got it. So do you feel that, uh, well, first of all, frankly, a lot of adults don't know much about financial education, right? But you chose to work with the kids first or do both? Yeah. But, my angle is to really go at the parents, but also go at the kids with the idea that there's a lot of finance books about the, you know, the beginning of finance or teach yourself the basics of the market, but a lot of them are written almost for finance people. And my goal was to write something that you, know, you didn't have to be a parent. It's just anybody that wanted to learn the basics of the market, and the basics of stock picking but write it not for finance people, write it for the folks that typically wouldn't want to read a finance book and keep it light and entertaining, but not so light that uh, you don't learn good, valuable lessons. And so that was, that was the idea behind it was to make an entertaining finance book that also teaches you the meat and potatoes of the basics of, of the markets and even deeper than that, the basics of picking stocks. And how has it been received? I mean, when you talk about kids, you, are the parents teaching their 10-year-old kids, 5-year-old kids, 8-year-old kids? Because, like, you know, when you, oh, maybe you know this, right? Like, if you buy books for kids, every grade is quite different. And so I'm curious, when you talk about kids, who, who are you intending the audience to be? So that's a great question, and that's one that I get a lot. And really, it's all of the above. It's written... <laughs> It, it's written so that you can almost use it as your kids are growing up. So, you know, starting out with just talking to them about money, I would say once they're old enough to stop putting the coins in their mouth, then they're old enough to start to explain, you know, here's what money is. Uh, but then as they grow up and as you're just going about your regular everyday life, uh, I have conversations that you can have to start to help open their eyes that, that business is all around them. Uh, you know, example, if you're waiting in line for a burrito at Chipotle, you know, let's talk about the fact that this is a business and, you know, they're trying to make money by providing a service. And some of those businesses, as kids get older and they understand more, you talk about the fact that they're uh, available for you to become a, a partial owner of. Yeah. So it's really intended to hit kids wherever they're at in life, parents wherever they're at in life, or even, you know, folks that don't have kids that are just trying to learn a little bit more. It, it just gives you... The, the basics that you need to know to get started. No, it's a great too, because on, on two fronts, I mean, they've done studies where if you speak as a third grader can understand, then those are better speakers. So those that have these sophisticated, tech, you know, um, dictionary words or whatnot, they're, they're just like, people just like, just it glosses over them. But if you speak more of like as a third grader can understand, you actually reach the largest audience and the mass audience. So, and it's also great, frankly, because, you know, if you have, if you're a financial advisor or a planner, it sounds like you, you are, you're literally doing, um, I don't know if you know Ray Kroc's story, the guy that founded McDonald's, 
where he, mm -hmm. he, he, he wanted to create these playgrounds because he theorized, you know, if the kids want it, the parents are going to come. And in your case, it's great where you get to help the kids and perhaps the parents to be your clients, but it's just a great way to, to do your business, in, in my opinion. So, so good job on that. No, no, I appreciate it. And, and it has been received very well to, to answer your, your question earlier. It's, uh, I feel like we're hitting a, a need that's out there, a gap in the market, if you will, for education, because a lot, you know, a lot of parents, they need to learn these lessons on their own, but they'd also like to teach them to their, to their kids. But it can be intimidating to try to talk to your kids about something that you don't feel confident in yeah. yourself. And so trying to hit, hit both of that and, um, and, and fill that need. And I, I discovered that I had something here and what kind of led me to want to write the book and start to put things on paper was I was doing presentations professionally for uh, investment professionals and their clients. And I would speak to a lot of the clients of financial advisors. And I, at the same time, when I was at home, I was teaching my kids the basics of stocks and the basics of money, nothing complicated, you know, not, you know, trying to avoid using what I call the nerd words and keep it in, in layman's terms. And I found a lot of my, my lessons and my stories, if you will, were crossing over. I would say things to the kids and then I find myself saying them to adults. And, <laughs> and, and yeah, so I thought, well, maybe we have something here. No, you definitely do. Because again, bluntly speaking, I was not a big fan of formal education because again, like, what do I need to know about geometry or calculus, but I'd rather know about stocks or a balance sheet or how Tripoli has a business of franchise, right? Because that's practical stuff. Because unfortunately in, in the US, 69% of people have less than $1,000 saved. So with your book and what you're doing, if, if you're like scaling at different schools, I mean, I think what you're doing is amazing. And that's why when you, when I first looked at your LinkedIn profile, I'm like, oh, this is, this is awesome. So let's dive into again, some of these basic things that even though they're basic, frankly, a lot of people might not even know about, right? So what are some things that you're, you're, you, you share in your book? So first off, I, you know, like you said, 69% of people don't even have a thousand dollars saved. So what one of the first rules of investing and what I call the most important rule of investing is to make sure you have cash before you start looking to buy stocks that if you haven't put together a good emergency fund to get you through the rainy days, then you're setting yourself up for failure as an investor because life's going to throw you a curveball and it's going to be probably an expensive curveball. And you may have to sell your investments if you haven't saved cash first. So I try to really start with the basics of planning in general, which is build up that emergency fund. Um, but then when you move it towards and how, how the long should it be for, by the way, the emergency fund, six months, three months, a year, what do you recommend? De definitely situational based on, you know, your, your income and how steady your job is. But I definitely started the three to six months of your, your core expenses, having that set aside. And then depending on how, you know, how your, your job and everything else looks and how your, um, you know, what level your expenses are at, then, then maybe you can adjust it. But I think that that's a good rule of thumb is three to six months um, of expenses. Now that doesn't necessarily mean, Hey, I'm not going to start investing. I'm not going to put it in my 401k until I have six months of, of expenses saved up because you may have a 401k match that you want to take advantage of right away, but it's just about being aware and trying to get your budgeting together. 
so that you can build towards that and start to build that cushion over time. Um, That's great. But then when it comes to teaching the investing side and starting to get into to the fun stuff, because talking about emergency funds isn't always the most fun. Yeah. Um, I start with just remember that stocks are businesses and these are real companies, real people that are trying to make it in the world and look around just it's businesses all around you and just be aware of how you spend your money. Be aware of the companies that you um, use and look for good ideas that you feel like are going to be really good ideas for a long time. You know, a lot of the best stocks of the last 10 years, we've all been customers of, they were hidden right in front of us. Yeah. And so just an awareness that, you know, you might not be late, even though we have a tendency to not give ourselves enough credit that, um, you know, a lot of times these stories last for a lot longer than we realize. That's great advice, JJ. How can our guests learn more about you, buy your book, obviously, and, and, and hire you as a, as a professional? Yeah, so my um, book's available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com and you know, target.com, walmart.com. So pretty easy to find online. I have a website, teachingkidstobuystock.com. And then we are on all the social media you can think of. Under, if you search teaching kids to buy stock, we, we should pop right up. But you can find links to that on our website, teachingkidstobuystock.com. Nice, JJ. Thanks so much for your time. Have a great day. Thank you, Christopher. I appreciate it.